a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're very pleased to be joined today by President Noel Cockett from Utah State University. Uh, this is an important day, uh, not just for Utah State University. I think it's an important day for the state and the people of the state uh, with some very important announcements coming out, a crucial report being provided to the governor. And, you know, there are a lot of leaders out there that are good at pointing at things. Uh, the pointed out leadership is not really leadership in my view. And one of the things that I really appreciate about President Cockett is she is a find the solution kind of leader rather than just point for photo ops. And uh, President Cockett, we appreciate you joining us on the program today. This is a big day for Utah State University. Oh, it's an exciting day. Uh, something that I think statewide, hopefully even nationally wide, will recognize USU's excellence in uh, the areas of research, outreach, and uh, land, water, and air. Yeah, so as we look at those areas, uh, obviously that is a big issue. How do we solve Utah's land, water, and air problems? Uh, and I want to go through a, a number of things that uh, you've announced and are, are rolling out, uh, beginning uh, with an institution, uh, an institute really designed to take on this uh, in kind of a pioneering spirit kind of way. Oh, I love that, pioneering, because, of course, the legacy and history of not only Utah's dependency and attention to our natural resources. It also is a recognition of Utah State University's legacy and history in these areas. And when we describe what we would like to do through this institute, uh, there's so many people that just say, wow, makes total sense. Uh, I love that. And uh, as you look at this uh, new institute, uh, again, uh, you had a great op-ed uh, with Governor Cox uh, in Deseret.com uh, this week as well. And uh, you actually referenced uh, John A. Witzo back in 1911, then president of Utah State Agricultural College and now Utah State University, uh, talking about doing the same thing of really some groundbreaking research that really became the solution uh, for a lot of things in the early West. Tell us what this new institute uh, will do and what it's organized around. So as exactly you indicated, we're looking for providing solutions uh, to the emerging areas of concern for our state and our Western region. And that's in air, uh, air quality, of course, water, uh, quantity and quality there. And then just the myriad of land issues that are facing our state as our population growth increases, uh, as we see more and more land going to housing and development away from our recreational and agricultural 
uh, land. So just a huge uh, myriad of issues. And we believe that by doing the kind of research uh, that's needed on these, we can highlight the issues and then possibly uh, through our research help our policymakers, our community leaders, our government uh, move to solutions that work. And uh, just really excited to provide that kind of support in the decisions that are facing us in the near future, which actually will be the long time, long term well-being of our state. It's it's uh, it couldn't be more timely than right now. Yeah. Also, with the Institute, as I said, long legacy in history, but it's what uh, is a major core of our our university. And we have over 140 faculty uh, and researchers and extension outreach people who work directly in at least one of the areas of land, water, air. So, you know, a huge section of our faculty are directly engaged. And so when you pull together in a, in a collaborative way in partnerships and provide what I think is a remarkable communication of their work, uh, that's what the Institute does. Yeah. So just really uh, putting an umbrella over all the, the really strong expertise and work that's happening at Utah State. Uh, I love that, and it's so important, especially as we look at uh, where we are and what projection in terms of growth and opportunities and climate and a host of other things, uh, so important. I want to get to the report that you released today, but before I do that, uh, you're also celebrating today uh, a new and exciting partnership between Utah State University uh, and the Quinney Foundation in terms of the the naming and, and some of the support mechanisms there for the Institute. Give us a quick snapshot there. Well, that's exactly right. We're so excited to be announcing the naming of our institute, which is the Janet Quinney Lawson Institute of Land, Water, and Air. And Janet Quinney Lawson, uh, you know, had a strong connection to Utah State um, and really has facilitated through her financial support, um, her recognition of our work, uh, she has really highlighted and expanded the research and teaching outreach we're doing in landscape resource management. So um, really couldn't have a better name a better recognition attached yeah. to the Institute. Wonderful. And then finally, I want to get to this landmark first uh, piece that you've brought out, this uh, first report on land, water, and air that you've uh, delivered to the governor. Uh, give us a quick snapshot there. And in particular, you were mentioning as we were uh, getting ready to start today that this report isn't just for lawmakers and policymakers and planners. This is also for, for families, for all of us. Well, um, when I first saw the report, um, I actually had goosebumps because of how informative it is, but it's not for fellow researchers. It is for the average person to read and contemplate what's happening in our state. And you're exactly right. I mean, if we could get just the, you know, communities, families, groups, organizations to look at our report. I think if we all 
are aware of the issues uh, moving forward in these challenges will absolutely work better. So if I could do one thing, it's, you know, encourage people to to access the report. It will be on, well, it is on the USU website. It will be prominently placed. Uh, We have a website with the Institute, again, prominently placing this report. It's about 25 pages long, but it's got a lot of great figures, charts. I mean, I've been engaged with the Institute and the work of our faculty, but right scanning that report, I learned new things. Um, So for me, if I could just take a second, um, I actually found certain uh, take-home points in it. Um, I think one of the take-home points is really uh, that our natural resource uh, um, situations Span time and space. Mm. And because of that, you know, incredible expanses of our state, but also our institute now has the history of what's happening in mm. uh, natural resources. And by looking at history, it helps us predict the future. Yeah. The second thing uh, that our policy does is really does identify the big problems that are challenging us. For instance, water. Um, No one that lived in the state this summer wasn't aware that we were having water issues. And we actually, in our report, highlight some already uh, good successes on water quantity. Uh, For instance, we've been working with agricultural communities to improve irrigation uh, systems that then provide better water efficiency. We're also working with residential areas uh, for um, conserving uh, residential water. And then finally, the, the third area is that our report, I believe, provides context. And that is how land, water, air not only interact with each other, one change of one area, for instance, in land, Uh, usage could affect water quality and quantity, but then they themselves have tremendous impacts beyond. And again, I, as I mentioned, it's, it's for the, the average person. It's not a research dense uh, publication. It is so we can start the the conversations and, uh, and move towards solutions as a state. Great insight from President Noel Cockett from Utah State University. We'll continue to follow that one. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Russia continues to threaten the Ukraine. The G7 sends a warning shot back towards Russia. Find out what that's all about coming up next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, 
and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.